0: This is the story of the people, places, and organizations that make Katy, Texas a great place to live. You're listening to the Katy Podcast. Everyone knows Katy is growing and it's been growing for 20 or 30 years. If you talk to adults about their experience here, they'll talk about the draw of the great schools. That's why they moved here in the first place. If you talk to their kids about their experience in Katy, they usually talk about being busy with homework, sports, theater, all the extracurriculars. With that emphasis on schools and activities and the obvious draw of the experience of both it got me to thinking about what it must be like to grow up in Katy. So today on the Katy Podcast, we're welcoming three guests that I'm super pumped to talk to. Chris Nelson is a student pastor at Current A Christian Church. Chris, what is up? Not much. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. So how long have you been a student pastor in the Katy area? In the
1: Katy area, just over five years. Excellent.
0: And in that amount of time, just curious... What is the amount of students, like the unique student headcount, junior high and high school that you've gotten to know and work with?
1: I I bet it's easily over a thousand.
0: Okay. So you are well qualified to be in this conversation. Glad to have you. Marco Lopez is an educator in KDISD. Marco, how are you?
2: How are you? Doing great. Thank you. Awesome. What grade level do you teach? I currently teach fifth grade. You've taught other grade levels? I've Taught 6th grade and 7th grade
0: And how long have you been teaching?
2: Uh, I'm going into my 8th year, if I'm not mistaken
0: Cool, so we'll get a teacher perspective But I am most excited to welcome my friend Lauren Lanthier Lauren is a sophomore in high school And a true expert on growing up in Katy Hi, Lauren! Hi! How long have you and your family lived here? Uh, 10 years Okay, so you moved here when you were... Six. Yes. Okay. And where are you go to school?
3: I go to Tompkins.
0: Awesome. Can't wait to hear your perspective. And a quick note, we are very much in a public space with a few students still hanging around. You may hear a burst of laughter or the normal noises of a junior higher acting out around his friends. Lauren, let's start with you since you actually have grown up here. What is it like to grow up in Katy?
3: Um, living in Katy is really like living in a bubble. It's very safe. It's, I don't know, it's, it's, again, it's a safe community. It's not like I have to really worry about too much. It's not like anything is really bad where I live.
0: So you feel pretty comfortable. Yeah. You don't feel a whole lot of threats.
3: Nope.
0: You're like in a snow globe living an idyllic life. Pretty much. Do you think most of your friends feel the same way?
3: Um, I think if people looked at it from an outside point of view, yeah.
0: Okay. So you're talking about safety, you're talking about comfort, you're talking about relative ease. Marco, as an educator, do you kind of see the same things in your students? Do they kind of reflect that same attitude or maybe are you
2: exposed to some variety well, I've taught uh, in different schools. Um, currently, I teach at uh, in an elementary school. Uh, but before I taught in a junior high school at uh, uh, on what they say on the north side of I-10, which, uh, sure. which was... We'll get um, into that divide in a minute. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, which uh, the school, I believe, was about 60%... Um, uh, not, you call that not underprivileged, but... Um, at risk, uh, at risk economically, okay. Uh, uh, dis- disadvantage. Okay. Um, so the 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 um, the kids were a bit different, but even then, even there, um, I thought that the kids were. I still, you know, they they felt safe, mm-hmm. you know, and there wasn't any. I don't know. At least I didn't see any, you know, gangs or anything like right. that. You know, right. Even there, even there, the. The kids, uh, it just seemed that they still felt safe.
0: Yeah. So already we're kind of affirming what we hear so often that I mentioned in the intro, which is, hey, there's great schools out here. It's a good community to raise a family. People are flocking here in droves. Um, So you're verifying that. Now, Chris, you're working with students on an emotional level, on a spiritual level. When When they talk to you or when you talk to them about a struggle that they have in their life, in, in light of everything we've just heard about comfort and ease, when they really open up and talk about the struggles they're facing, what, what are they saying?
1: So whenever I see students here at the church and I ask your typical questions like, oh, how's your week been? How are you doing? How's school? The answers that I always get time and time again are things like, I'm really busy, I'm really stressed, Hmm. Uh, I'm tired, I'm exhausted. And that seems to be a a reoccurring theme. And when I've talked to counselors who work in the Katy area, one thing that they've said is that they see so many students and that uh, depression and anxiety especially are really, really high in this area and they typically refer to it as what they call performance anxiety. Hmm. And one of the things I have long said when it comes to the schools here is that everything you need to know about schools in Katy, you can tell by the logo because the logo for (laughs) Katy ISD, the A T, in Katie is an A plus because the expectations of students are ridiculous here. And what, what I see over and over again is students have such high expectations placed on them that they're constantly trying to perform for parents, for teachers, for coaches, for whomever. And like, you can only exist under that kind of pressure for so long before you buckle under the weight of it. And that's what I experience on a regular basis when students open up.
0: Okay, so there's some dissonance between what Lauren said at the beginning, which I know was not an exhaustive answer in what you just said, because you talked about ease and safety and comfort, and Chris is reflecting back on so many students talking about stress and anxiety So can you sort of relate to what he's saying at times? Do you feel busy? Do you feel stressed? Do you feel that sort of anxiety that he's describing?
3: Oh, yeah, definitely. I have friends who will send me videos of them just crying just over schoolwork or just purely out of just stress. And it's because it's this stigma around grades, definitely in our area at least, that anything... In like, C or below is horrible, and uh-huh. you're going to ruin your high school career, and you're going to ruin your life. And it's the pressures from school parents and just, like, peers in general that it's, like, constantly a competition, which huh. just adds on to even more stress that yeah. doesn't need to be added.
0: And is that something that you and your friends talk openly about? I mean, you, these are your close <laughs> friends them videos, but... As you walk the halls of your school, is it kind of understood, like, hey, we're all under a lot of stress here. We're all really tired. Are you bragging about how little sleep you got? Is this a pervasive thing?
3: Uh, Yeah, definitely. Like, I'll go into classes, and there'll be students sleeping between the five-minute passing periods, just trying to get energy to pull them through the next 55 minutes wow. of class.
0: Wow. Okay. So, Marco, I have... Two ways I want to ask you this next question. Go ahead. Because, number one, you're an educator, and you just heard what Chris and Lauren were reflecting on there. You're in the school system, which is lauded for uh, all the things we've already mentioned, achievement, test scores, it's a great place to send your kids, all that. I know there's a lot of good that comes with that. But as an educator, do you see that in your students? Do you see the stress? Is that kind of underground?
2: Uh, I saw it a lot more in junior high. Uh, the uh, you would see the overachievers wanted to overachieve way, way too much, freaking out if they didn't get a hundred. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, and this is this is me across the board. Listen, as long as you get, as long as you understand what we're doing, as long as you understand the concept. I mean, whether it's an A or B, you're fine. Yeah. I think when you go down to C or lower. And I realize that you don't understand it that's one mm-hmm. thing, but I mean uh, to me as an educator as a teacher, I just want uh, you know the student to understand what we're doing in order for them to build on what, on what we what we I teach yeah uh, but uh, I do see a lot though in the parents, yeah the parents want the, want want the kids to achieve want the kids to to be perfect yeah. or, or, or be very close to it. And, and, and I, I get it. I mean, I mean, I have a, I have a senior and a, and a junior and a, and a, and a, um, and a junior hire. Yeah. And uh, I've, I, over the years i found myself being in that parent position. Yep. And then having to back off. So I, un- I understand their point. So I, uh, when I talk to parents or, or, or when I try to look at a parent's point of view, I put myself in, in their shoes because, mm-hmm. you know, I, yeah. uh, I have the kids, too, and I want, them to, I want them to achieve the same thing as they do. But at the same time, I've got to find a way. I've tried, I At least I, you know, I think I've found a way for, to let them go mm-hmm. because ultimately, just like Lauren said, I mean, they put a lot of pressure on themselves. Yep,
0: yep. I'm glad you addressed that because that was the second way I wanted you to uh, answer that is as a parent.
1: And if I might add to that, the thing that I see in Katie that's difficult is part of what Lauren mentioned earlier makes Katie so great is what makes this kind of a double-edged sword with what we're talking about. Because part of the reason Katie is uh, a safe community and all of these good things that I'm sure we'll talk about throughout the conversation is because it's such a resourced community Mm -hmm. and it's such an affluent community. So the schools have a lot of money to work with and a lot of resources, but also the individual parents, a vast percentage of them have a lot of money and resources to work with. And that's what fuels the cycle where it, it's not enough to just be on the football team. You also have to have a personal trainer. And a dietitian and all of these things because your parents can afford those resources and so that's more things that get piled on so that you can be the best and yep. you have to have personal tutors and you have to and all of these extra things yep. which build the expectations and the pressures and the busyness and the stress higher and higher.
0: It's kinda of funny to me reflecting on what all of you guys are saying because when I think about conversations I have with, with my friends who have kids the same age, young teenagers, Um, I think a lot of parents would say the schools put the pressure on the kids. And I think a lot of people at the schools say the parents put the pressure on the kids. And I think there's just a culture of achievement and accomplishment and and success uh, that kind of drives that whole system. And in the middle of it, you've got kids who are in on it too, right? Like they... (laughs) They're trying really hard. It's competitive with their with their classmates, whatever. But they also recognize deep down something's not good because they're stressed, they're tired, they're crying. Um, they're taking stuff so they can stay awake. They're taking stuff so they can sleep. They're taking stuff so they can concentrate. It's, it's kind of bananas. But all that to say, um, the other thing that you said, Chris, about just accomplishment and having the best and reflecting back on what Marco said earlier about north of the freeway, south of the freeway. I just kind of want to name that or or at least ask about that because I think there's a, there's a perception of a gap uh, that is roughly at I-10. And north of there, by some, I think, is viewed as inferior. And south of there is where the rich people live. Lauren, is that a real thing for your peers? Like, so you go to school south of the freeway. Do you like? Do people talk bad about kids that live north of I ten, or is that something that adults make up?
3: Um, at least when they do, they don't refer to it as north or south. We more refer to it as what the school they go to is. Okay, it's more the stigma about the schools. Yeah, and. What goes on at the schools and their football teams and how okay. competitive they are and what they do on social media and all that. Yeah.
0: yeah. What about as an educator, Marco? And I'm not, I don't want to get you in trouble, but <laughs> I mean, surely there are schools that have better reputations than others. I totally get that that would be normal, but. What about that north-south divide? Is that well, something you hear a lot about? Well,
2: um, I don't know about hearing a lot about, you know, you, you saw it living, uh, working uh, on the on the quote-unquote north side, like I mentioned before. But I, I think it, it, the education part is the same. I think it's just that um, the kids have a lot more to overcome mm-hmm. on the north side. Perhaps their their parents work two jobs. And uh like you said about support, they may not have they may not have as much support, not as many may have as much support at home like uh like the kids on, on, on this side. And and I think that's where we see the uh the the maybe not the disconnect but, but the big old gap right there. Yeah. You know, uh because you know you see that over on the on this side um you have uh you have parents that are more involved in schools the pTA is a lot bigger uh parents are always there watching their kids yep. um, uh, if you go on the on the on the north side schools um, uh, at least um where I worked at, you barely saw any parents hm um And I'm sure it has nothing to do with the fact that they didn't want to be there. Mm -hmm. That's probably because they couldn't. Just a
0: different life situation. Yeah,
2: it's just a different life situation. Yeah.
0: So there is much more to growing up in Katy than a school experience. Marco, you and Chris are both raising kids here. I'm raising kids here. What do you enjoy about raising a family here? Chris, what would you say?
1: So... One of the things that I have loved the most about raising kids here is the diversity Katie well, the Houston area, just in general, is one of the most diverse areas in the entire country and and I'm pretty sure recently I came across something that said. I wish I could remember if it was Harris County or Fort Bend County, but one it's of those Fort two, yep. it was either the second or third most diverse County in all of the United States. Mm-hmm. And wow. I, I come from St. Louis where the diversity is like black and white. Mm-hmm. And what I love about this area is there really are people from all around mm-hmm. the world everywhere you go yep, and I, I just think that's awesome that my daughter experiences that in her classes at school and my son will once he's old enough to start going to school I, I just think that's a great mindset and experience to have and, and honestly that it's going to prepare them best for the America that they're gonna live in mm-hmm. when they're older and working so that's great um, and, and because as we said earlier of the Resources and the fluency here. One of the upsides of that is there's just so much to do, especially mm-hmm. for my demographic of families with young kids. There's so many fun things for kids to do, and just and even beyond just fun things, just resources, every resource you could imagine, whether it's types of restaurants or types of medical facilities or anything you could possibly want mm-hmm. the Katie and especially Houston area has it.
0: Yep. Marco, what, what have you enjoyed about, about raising your kids here?
2: Well, I'll, I'll echo a lot of things that, uh, that Chris has, uh, has said, um, we, um, we moved here in 06 or seven. And, uh, uh, so we've, we've seen a lot of the, we live in the Cinco area and we've seen a lot of it grow. And, um, at the time we were we just had the two boys now I have a daughter uh, the two boys they were five uh, five and four and uh, I mean you know just like Chris said I mean there was always something to do mm-hmm. there were always they, all these you know all these parks to go to places to play um, um, and 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 you know even going to school you know it, just like he said I mean the diversity across the board you meet people from everywhere yeah. and they're all friendly and and and, and, and and they're just like you, you and me. When yeah. I think they, I think they also enjoy um, being able to meet people from all over the world. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 kind of a melting pot when it comes to this. Yeah, I mean that. You know, you come to Katy or even the Houston area, and there's a small percentage of people that are actually from here. Right. Yeah. There's always it's people from everywhere. Yep. Okay. Well, okay. Oh,
0: Lauren, do you realize that you've grown up? In a place like you hear what those guys just said. Did it occur to you when you were growing up like, oh, this is a cool place to live? Or did you just take it for granted?
3: I don't think it was ever something I really realized because as a kid, that's not really how my mindset was. Right. It was just like, I'm going to go play now. It wasn't anything where I thought about it too much. But looking back on it, uh, compared to where I used to live, it was like not diverse at all. So, coming here and, like, seeing the difference of going back there every year to go visit family, it's it's definitely, like, a big difference diversity-wise and just how big the city is.
0: So, this leads to something really interesting to me because, Lauren, at the beginning, you mentioned the bubble. And we're talking largely about this pretty idealized way of growing up. There's parks and all sorts of things for kids to do. Uh, The schools are great, have a great reputation, success, affluence. We're saying all these things. But I'm, I'm wondering what you guys think about the experience of living in this bubble because you all have also said, hey, where we used to live, this wasn't the case. So what are we setting kids up for? When they leave the bubble, when they go to college, when they go into the military, when a job moves them elsewhere and the, the, the bubbles popped. What, what do you think we're setting uh, kids up for? Maybe that they, they aren't being prepared for, maybe. Chris, what do you think?
1: Specifically what they're not being prepared for?
0: Yeah, I'm just wondering what kind of challenges they'll face.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know that this is specific to Katie. I think this is probably the case anywhere that's pretty affluent. But that that's the biggest thing. You know, certainly there are situations where when kids become adults, they automatically also have affluence because of their parents. But that's not always the case. Uh, and so I think that's one big thing that really hits you where it's like, oh, an apartment is expensive and my mm-hmm. whatever job that I have insurance isn't quite as good as my parents' high-level executive. And, I, and like all of these type things where it's just like, oh, we had – a big house and we got to go out and do all these things on the time, all the time and went on all these nice vacations and all of this stuff. And then all of a sudden when you become an adult, you're like, Oh, like not everything that I need and want is just accessible to me all the time. Like it was when I grew up. Yeah.
0: Lauren, you said it to begin with, but is there anything you worry about of like life after the bubble, if I can put it that way?
3: Uh Yeah, I feel like it's kind of going to be a big slap in the face <laughs> um, because for me, and I think I can speak for most people my age in this area at least, most things have kind of just been like handed to you, definitely school-wise, like our teachers are... I, Katie has, like, some of the best teachers. and Thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> um, kids my age are just, their parents are buying them cars, paying for their car insurance, paying for their gas money, and they don't even need to get a job. It's not something too many students really worry about that much. Mm. And I feel like once they do get out of the quote-unquote bubble of Katie, it's... It's gonna be a real game changer, and I think people are probably gonna crash. Like, either thrive under that pressure yeah. or really like get crushed under that pressure.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I have one more question I want to finish with. I, I could talk uh, a lot longer about this. I find it I find it really fascinating. I think we live in a really unique community. But I also know as we talk, things maybe come up that don't get said. Anything? Any of you want to add? Uh, to this conversation about this unique experience of, of growing up in a place like this?
2: Uh, well, I, I can start. Um, I really, really enjoy living here. I mean, it's it's great. Uh, uh, as a parent, uh, raising my kids here, um, I wouldn't want it in any other place. Yeah. Um, uh, now, what Lauren said, she's probably right. You know, when the kids get out, you know, There's a rude awakening. there will be a rude <laughs> awakening, and I, and I think I think whether it's Katie or whether it's just maybe it's just a the suburb themselves. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, we, you know, perhaps educational wise they'll be prepped for that, but that's a small part compared to, you know, apartment, you know, car insurance and all that stuff. You know, you teach them so much, but. Um, and and, and, and and partly it's on, on, on each individual parent to yep. show them as much as possible, or not, and to see how how that how they how they flourish, or how they deal with that. But um, I mean, I I, you know the the people around here are really really friendly, yeah. and I mean you run into people all the time, and um, you know I've I run into people. Uh, at Target or Walmart or whatever, and I smile at that person. They smile back and go, "Do I know you?" I go, "No, I don't know you." But it just seems like we've seen each other somewhere. You know, like, you know, probably our kids are going to school. Or, yeah, yeah, that's right. that's right. So, I mean, people are pretty friendly around here. They're friendly. They're kind. They're considerate, and uh and just living around here is really nice. I really enjoyed it. Awesome.
1: Can I can I ask a couple questions to yes. the teenager yes. in our group?
0: Okay, we have. Cornered her, and we were going to ask her hard questions.
1: All right. So I would be curious how you would answer this question, Lauren. Um, I I know just personally because I know Marco that he's one of the great ones. But in general, from your experience with particularly teenagers in Katie, what would you say the relationship is like between teenagers and Katie and their parents? Do you feel like that's a distant relationship or – how would you describe that?
3: Um, if I'm being honest, I think most teenagers, because they've had everything handed to them, they're very entitled. And the way, like I can even say for myself too, the way like most teens treat their parents sometimes is very questionable. <laughs> um, and I think there's a real lack of communication definitely with the stress that's put on students as well it's it's something that's been put on them their whole life that it can be scary to talk about with your parents and it's not a conversation that students there's no real fluid communication i'd say between most parents and students
1: Okay, let me, let me take that a little deeper then. Because he, here's what I've ob- observed from my position, but I don't want to assume necessarily. So because, as I said earlier, Katie is a community that has so much resources and parents are able to do so much for their kids because they have a lot of money and a lot of ability to do that. I feel like what I see is parents give a lot of things to their kids. They make sure their kids have a car, their kids have spending money, their kids have fun things to do. If their kid is struggling, they may, they drop them off with a tutor, they drop them off with a trainer, they take them to dance, they take them to theater, they take them to their music lessons, whatever. But I feel like the actual quality time between parent And teenager is not a very present reality in Katie. And I'm just curious if you would agree with that from what you see.
3: I totally agree with that. Because I think there's also, again, the stigma of being a teenager. Like, you. I don't want to hang out with my parents. Like, just that typical stigma around that. I think most teens have that already. Hmm. And I feel like in Katie at least me and my friends really value their social lives. And it's with the stress of school and the stress of extracurriculars, you can barely find time for your friends. And I feel like most students push their family to the back of that
1: list of (laughs) priorities. The reason that's so fascinating for me to hear her say that is because I actually feel like what I hear more often from students as a pastor is them saying, I wish my parents yeah. wanted to spend more time with me, but, like, they're always gone. They're always busy. They're always stressed. They're working. They have all of these things going on. And, yeah, I have all this stuff, but, like, I don't know. We don't so spend you, time together.
0: Yeah, you've inspired me. We need to do a whole episode on parenting and Katie because there's a whole perspective there. That you're right. It's, it's both sides of that relationship are saying the same thing which is, I wish my kid wanted to spend more time with me. And the kid is saying, I've heard it too. I wish my parents wanted to spend more time with me. And, and I think it goes back to what we said at the beginning of this conversation. Everybody's running 1,000 miles an hour because of the stress of job, school, etc. And no one's slowing down long enough to look each other in the eye and have that honest conversation. I think there's something to that. So we'll cover that in another podcast and I will look forward to it. great questions. Hey, just a couple sentences each here. This is the the way we end every episode, but I'm really curious from your unique vantage points, working with students or as a student, wh- what is it? We've 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 kicked the tires on this, but what is it to you that just really makes Katie special?
2: Uh, I would say it's the sense of community, you know, the fact that uh, you know we're all in this together—parents, mm-hmm. uh, teachers, students, uh, the person running across the, uh, you know, jogging, whatever—we're mm-hmm. all here, you yeah. know. And you, you, you walk by a wink and a nod, you keep on going. It's, yeah. it's, uh, it's one big community, and I think, I think that's what really makes it special.
0: Yeah, Chris, what do you think?
1: So many of the things I would have said had I been asked that question first. We've already talked about the diversity, the friendliness of the people, um, the the resources available. So I think maybe the one thing I would add is it. It is one of the, um, like the the smallest feeling big. <laughs> towns I've experienced, because Katy is huge, <laughs> huge, huge bi- bigger than a lot of cities, uh-huh. but, like, it doesn't, it doesn't feel like you're, you're living in a huge city.
0: Totally agree. All right, Lauren, our resident student having grown up in Katy, what makes it special?
3: Um, I feel like the only way I could describe it is, like, warm. It's, huh. it's... I don't know it's very welcoming. It's yeah, again the only way I can really describe it is warm.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. That's that's a good thing to feel about the place where you grew up. Congratulations. Thank you. Hey guys, really enjoyed this conversation. Thanks a ton.
2: Thank you very much. Thank you.
0: Hey guys, thanks for listening. The Katie Podcast is brought to you by The 25 Group, a Katie-based nonprofit serving our community. Find out more at the25group.org and join with us as we seek to help those in need. Hey, thanks also to Chris Verner for his expertise with music and editing. And thanks to you for listening. Please spread the word, connect with us on our Facebook page, and subscribe and rate us wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Titus, and you've been listening to the story of Katy, Texas. This is the Katy Podcast.